Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I have a lot of thoughts about this film. Okay, here we go. But perhaps none more pervasive than the fact that Nicholas Holt is now a man. What do you mean now, man? Where's this scrawny little boy gone from Skins? Even in X-Men, he was still still a little weed. Mm, yeah, He's more, here in his bloody army gear, yeah. wielding a gun like a proper man. Mm, not very nice either. Sir. Mm. Sir Nicholas, what are you doing? Come on, mate. Not good. We don't shoot people, Nicholas. I can't believe I have to tell you this. <laughs> Welcome to I Only Like You and Movies. I'm here with the only person I like, and that is Snatcher. How are you doing, Snatcher? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. The voice is still a bit funky, but I'm getting there. And I'm still in lockdown. Yeah. Yay. Ooh. Hopefully by the time this um, is released, I'll be feeling better and you'll be locked. You'll be unlocked. So. <laughs> unlocked or locked up. Ooh. Is that the opposite of locked Ooh. down? Not really, hey. If you're locked up, you're also locked down. Hmm. Interesting. This week we have seen Those Who Wish Me Dead. Uh, it's a film, isn't it? Sonny? It is a film. It is an hour and 40 minute film. <laughs> Just say it like that. Because no film needs to be an hour and 40 minutes. Well, I mean, it's your thing. It should be 90 minutes or three hours. Is that <laughs> sweet? Yeah. <laughs> Because by the time you get to like two and a half hours, you're like, okay, I can do some more. Is that the thing? Maybe. Lonnie, um, can I just tell you about my experience seeing this film? Yeah, we haven't really talked about this one yet. We want to say it for the pod. So I'm very interested in what you think about this one. So yes, please. Do well, that. I'd like to ask you a question. Okay. You're sitting in a movie theater. It's um, small, very small theater, mm-hmm. quite busy for the size. Your phone makes a little noise, not a full ring, but like one of the rings, like an alert. Okay. Do you A, put it away, B, silence it, or C, do nothing so it rings again? A or B, but probably turn it off, yes. I'm guessing that didn't happen to you. My person chose C. Um, Not only did the phone go off once, twice, Three times. It went off four times at different points in the film. This was also supplemented with a gentleman in the back row seemingly packing a picnic lunch for himself that he proceeded to unpack very noisily throughout the film. In front of me to the right, two sort of either early 30s or late 20s gentlemen seeing the movie together. Hey, boys be boys, go see your movies. Having beers? They brought in beers from Palace. Fine. Didn't even know Palace served beers, but fine. Then the guy got up and then came back with like this 
brown paper bag with some sort of pastry in that they proceeded to rustle and eat, then went out again to get more beers. Then when he came back, he said quite loudly that they'd turned the beer taps off and so they'd gotten, he'd gotten them a glass of rosé for himself and a glass of white wine for the other sir. And then if this wasn't enough commotion, he holds it up really high. They're in the front row, so they're kind of blocking part of the screen and cheerses it with his friend. They cheers. There's an audible chink as the glasses connect. Then there's a gentleman beside me who's brought a sandwich or some sort of popcorn from home who's sort of half choking on it because I think it went down his windpipe, but he was trying not to cough because everyone's trying not to cough because as soon as you <coughs> cough in public around here, oh, there you go, coronavirus. I just... Oh, and there was a mix-up with tickets. Everyone was sitting in the wrong seat. This woman came down and like yelled at people to move because they were in the wrong seat. She was very intense. People were jangling their keys and their jackets. I just, how hard is it to watch a film? How hard is it? Okay, two things about the, the beer guys. First of all, as you said, it's only 100 minutes. It sounds like he was out of the theatre for most of it. Getting more drinks and pastries. And... At the end, he left, didn't come back. I was like, anyone can see this movie's about to end, mate. You must really need to go to the bathroom if you're leaving now. Yeah. Kind of sounds like you want to be at the bar instead of watching oh, the film. Honestly. Wouldn't you have spent 20 bucks to be in that room to see the, see the film? Well, Not just see, the, here's uh, the thing. Here's thinking. the thing, Lonnie. Mm. Palace were doing a promotion for cheap tickets to get people back into the cinema because we thought COVID was over and we were trying to drum up business. Mm. So I went, you know, support your local cinema, etc. Mm -hmm. But that's when all the little wagtails flow in, isn't it? When there's cheap tickets. Oh, never again. Ragtails? I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't remember what the name was. <laughs> Let's go with that. That's a good term. Okay. I know what you meant. Um, second point about those guys. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's funny to me the fact that they're there cheesing each other for the drinks they've got. And then the background is like a bushfire going on on screen. Like, yeah, it was very used to the screen. Of, very disengaged from what they were actually watching. The bushfire, the little kids being hunted by these assassins, and like, cheers, everybody. It was so odd. It was so odd. God, it's not really a cheesy sort of film. <sighs> it was okay. Well, my, just my experience was well, mine was a bit different today because I think there was like only four of us in the cinema. So I think what happened is normally you'd get that many annoying people in like a big cinema. But because this yeah. was a small one, it seems like all those annoying people were just all packed into this it's one cinema. It's hard to avoid them. Ugh. The thing about Palace is, on the whole, you get don't get as much riffraff, but it sounds like riffraff were invited in because of the cheap tickets. But if there is riffraff or ragtails, you um <laughs> you can't avoid them like you can in a big two hundred. But here's the thing, I feel like riffraff is more younger people. Yeah. Like on their phones and talking and making out in the back row. These were all, you know, consenting adults here. So I feel like Ragtails sort of encapsulates it a little more for me. It does. Because it's like they've got raggedy tails. You know what I mean, guys. I know what you mean. Don't even question it. I don't know why I questioned it because it made sense to me. So, anyway, the film itself is amazing. Oh, yeah. Try and divorce our experiences and oh. just focus on the film. Um, very briefly, if you haven't seen the film already, um, well, Wikipedia says it's American neo-Western action thriller. Oh, are you doing the synopsis? Well, I just wanted to say that there is action. 
Do a sun frills. Neo-Western, I don't really... Neo-Western? I don't think it's much of a Western. I just think Taylor Sheridan has made some other Neo-Westerns. So people just think everything he does now is a Neo-Western. I mean... This is much more of a noir, almost. It says that a Neo-Western is a story that commonly centers on the life of a nomadic cowboy or gunfighter. Could be Ange, who rides a horse and is armed with a revolver and or rifle. No, it's not a neo-western. It's not a neo-western. It's a crime thriller. I think it's much more crime than noir. Anyway, he wrote Hell or High Water. So he did. I'm going to be on Taylor Sheridan's side for a long time because that is one of the best films in the last 10 or so years. One of the best opening scenes ever. And you didn't know much about it. You're going in, so you were kind of... No, I went in blind. blind and... Blew my Me socks too, to be off. honest. All I knew that it was like a, oh, it's a cool western. Like, yeah. Mm. Um, I was thinking watching this film that aren't we funny as humans that we just compare things? We don't even help it. We can't even help it. We just compare things. So this guy made one of the best neo westerns of the last ten or so years, and so we have to compare everything he does to that mm. going forward. Because those who wish me dead, in my view, doesn't really match up to Hell or High Water. Well, they're but just different films. Because Hell or High Water is a really good film in and of itself. And mm. as you're right, they're different films. Why do we have to compare this? We don't compare this to bloody Paddington 2, do we? Like, they're just different <laughs> films. I mean, you shouldn't compare anything to Paddington 2 because it's the best film ever. It's the best film ever made, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just because it happens to be the same guy, we've got to compare them. Don't I have agree. To. I agree. Um, okay, so those wish me dead. General plot, mate. You want, okay. you, I know you want to say it. So, so it's based on a book. So just keep that in the back of your mind while we have some criticisms. Um, Angelina Jolie is like a rebel volunteer firefighter, but also a survivalist. And also they're at like a bush camp, but also they have a sheriff and they're their own town. And there's she's she's been naughty. So they tell her to go to like her own little tower. And she's got some trauma that gets brought up. We'll get to that. A kid so turns she's like, up. She's supposed to be a spoiler up in her own town by herself, right? Sure. A kid turns up. Uh, his dad's dead because he's something about government secrets. Nicholas Holt's trying to kill him, as well as some other guy. And there's bushfires. I mean, that makes as much sense as the film itself, so I don't know what you guys want from me. Basically, yeah, the, the little kid's on the run, the, the bad assassins are trying to get him, and the kid comes across Angelina Jolie, who will help him. So, without spoilers, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I don't think it really all came together in the end. Um, the worst thing I'll say about it is that it doesn't seem to be about anything. Mm. It's just very surface level. These guys want to kill this kid, so they're going to try and do that. And everyone else is trying to stop it happening. Like, I have to compare it to Hell High Water, even though I just said they shouldn't do that. But <laughs> just as an example of other films that do this sort of thing better, Hell High Water was on the surface about bank robbers, but it was also about the GFC and the Midwest in America and people being forgotten by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people being left behind and forgotten by modern society and trying mm-hmm. to fight back and you know two brothers trying to make it in life and one is a bad guy and doing good things and a good guy doing bad things it's like there are the themes going on in that film in other films this one very surface level 
Well, nothing much else going for it. What, what do you think of, of that? I think take? it's unfair to compare them because Taylor Sheridan wrote Hell or High Water. This is based on a book. So if you're saying that there are themes and story-wise, that's not really this film's fault because it's based on something else. So I don't know that it's fair to compare Hell or High Water, which is an original film that Taylor Sheridan wrote, with this film that he directed adapting another person's work. He wrote the screenplay, though. Well, he's, like, last credited on writing the screenplay. Yeah, well, that's a fair enough one. Anyway, I quite liked it, everyone. If you want my non-spoiler thoughts, I didn't mind the vibes. No, I'm not sure it all holds up logically, but hey, I I liked what it was trying to do, I think. Okay, I mean, you know what? I liked it. I thought it was very well shot and um, there were some interesting scenes, but yeah, it just didn't all come together for me and I don't think there was much going on beneath the surface. But having said that, it was an enjoyable 100 minutes, me. I didn't have a lot of people in the cinema. And I think if you if you just wanted to have to see Angelina Jolie back on screen, that's kind of a cool thing. Mm. Can we get into some spoilers? Let's, let's do it. Right. Un- unleash yourself, Sine. Okay. Here's my first beef with the film. Okay. Angelina Jolie is too pretty to be a volunteer firefighter. Yeah. You, you said that to me. That's all you said so far. <sighs> I don't mean that pretty people can't have hard jobs. I think what I mean is someone as beautiful and otherworldly and like supermodel-esque as Angelina Jolie, it's really hard to see her as an everyday American who's just in this small town firefighting. Like I I just, I, I couldn't buy it. I couldn't see the character. I just saw Angelina and Angelina's great. And I love me some Angelina. I'm not mad about that, but we've got the problem again with the whole Nicole Kidman then sticks her nose on and she's Virginia Woolf and all we know is that it's just the actor now who's too recognisable playing a role and I think that's what happened here for me. Yeah, it's interesting you say that she's too beautiful to be a firefighter because that's the same reason I'm not a firefighter. Oh, because you're too beautiful? Yeah, right. I tried out and they said no, too good looking. <laughs> oh, people are going to take my comment out of context. I don't mean it like that, guys. You just know what I mean. Like she's... Mm. Someone like Angelina Jolie is not going to be a firefighter, okay? Yes, anyone can be a firefighter. Yes, I'm sure there are very attractive firefighters that currently exist, but she's Angelina Jolie. Yeah, and they didn't don't make much effort to try and make her, like, like dress her down at all. She just happens oh, to be really? Angelina Jolie in, the small, in a small town, isn't she? Yeah, and we all just act like she's just a regular human being when the most, one of the most mm-hmm. beautiful people in the whole entire world is just, like, right there. Anyway, didn't get that. Well, I didn't get about that as well. Is that her character is supposed to have been like, at one point was dating John Bernthal, you know, like yes. the arrestor and stuff. I'm like, I thought that was interesting when I set up, and I was like, that never comes back. Doesn't matter. There is no narrative impact on them once being boyfriend girlfriend. Is that who she was talking to on the radio? At what point? In the beginning. When she's all sad and she's like, I've got my trauma and I think about it all the time. Or was that one of her other friends? I think it was him. It could have been one of her other friends. I got very confused about that. Also, just... he's married. He is expecting a child. Yeah, I just, I don't think it added anything. The fact that they were once dating, it just didn't seem to matter at all. I don't think me. so either. But it was good to see John Bernthal. Well, 
mate, you're all happy to bloody shoot whoever you want, you know, all the baddies. But when it comes to actually shooting baddies, you're like, oh, I might not shoot them. Get some Punisher in you, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think a bad I think joke, he could have been a, a bit more interesting as a main character in this one. He's kind of just there as well. Have I told you my what? I figure out what kind of actor he is. Okay. He's a wobbly actor. <laughs> okay, explain yourself. <laughs> when he's in an intense scene and you'll notice when he's on the couch with his wife and the phone rings and he's about to talk to, like when they're talking about having a baby and the phone's about to ring from the dad asking mm-hmm. for help, he does this weird thing when he acts where he like answers the phone and sort of moves his head a little or moves his like arms a little to be okay. like into character. And he's like, oh, you can't see me. I'm doing the movement. This is why radio isn't a good medium. I just, he's very wobbly. And I think people think that means he's good, but I don't think that's very good. I like that you're whispering it now, just in case he comes to me. Well, I feel bad. I feel bad. I like him. I'll have to um, watch some more of his films to see if that, that holds up. I kind of know what you're getting at. I just don't. It holds up. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I, just, <laughs> I want to Here, see it in action. Now. Here's my biggest gripe with the film. Mm. At the end, we have this big sweeping shot of all of these helicopters with their water and their clay or whatever they put on fires, I don't know, to stop them going off into the distance. And it's supposed to be like humans against nature. We have these people who are putting their lives on the line for us. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Yes, it is. This isn't a firefighting film, though. That last shot would have meant more if the film was about them fighting fires. But they don't fight a single fire. They fight one fire in flashbacks. Mm. But for the most part, they just hang around. So if you're trying to tell me that this is a firefighting film, then have more firefighting in it. I, I totally agree. It wasn't until just before I watched the film that I, I looked up, like when it was on, and there was like a short synopsis where it suggested it was more of a crime thriller than a firefighting thing. I thought it was a firefighting film. Well, based on the trailer, I thought mm. that too. Yeah, right. Um. I think that might have been better in some ways, perhaps. I mean, it wouldn't be diff- a totally different film, obviously, if they were actually fighting fires, even if there was a little kid there and stuff. But... We don't really have a good, like, solid firefighting film, do we? Well, you know what? I actually... I couldn't one name one. One second. I think it's called Backdraft. Yeah. I've never heard it before, but it's um by Ron Howard, of all people. Oh. And it's got Kurt Russell, Kurt. Tom Sullivan, Robert De Niro. Shit. It's about Chicago firefighters on the trail of a serial arsonist. came out in 1991, so before our time. And it yeah, got Oscar nomination and everything. I've never heard of it ever in my whole entire life. Nor have I. Well, there it we go. $150 million. I'll go look at that later on. Yeah, maybe we'll tell um, Scratch Your Itch of maybe. firefighting film. I don't know, but it, it really felt, you know, we've had lots of bushfire issues down here in Australia and... The wildfires in America have, have been just as bad over the last few years. I was thinking it was going to be something about that. It was just, oh, it's a, a crime thrill of it. Hints towards. Happens to take place in a yeah. while the fire is happening. And then when it comes to the actual fire at the end, they just have a little sleep in the 
cool. It's and then we awesome. fade to black and then they wake up and it's fine. Like, <laughs> you remember back when we had that awful summer of fires here? Yeah. I don't think it was over in a couple of hours like it seems to be in this film. That's what I thought. But I yeah. I was like, I thought the fire was all sorted. So I did appreciate at the end when we panned up and there was fire still raging. I was like, oh, okay. It yeah. didn't all just pass in a few hours. Just but here's the thing. Her little there. plan of sucking in air, like laying down the creek and then sucking in air, you can't breathe. Like we couldn't breathe when the bushfires were happening and we yeah. were so far away from them. So how do it you... Just- yeah, there was so much smoke in the air and that ash. Didn't breathe. Yeah. So I don't actually know that they would have survived using this method. Anyway. Agreed. So um, here's here's my question. How did the what's her name? John Bernthal's wife. Yeah. Allison. How did Allison? How did they survive in the tower? During the fire. Yeah. Mm, good question. I was like, what? I know the tower's, like, really high up. I get that. And there's, like, mm. metal at the bottom. Mm. But That's sparks are flying through the air. Yeah. The trees are as high as your tower. Mm. How did she well, live? She had a mask on, I guess, that would have given her enough protection. That would have given her oxygen. I'm saying how did how did a spark not hit the completely made of wood tower? Maybe it would have, like, can they give it a lacquer or something that makes it... Non-flammable? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Bit convenient. Good question. Yeah. Also, Alison, public service announcement: If you were ever in a situation where someone is trying to kill you in the middle of nowhere and they are shooting at you, and then they pretend like they're not going to shoot you and they're laying on the ground, or you don't have enough bullets in your gun because you've been an idiot and you've been distracted by what they're saying that you're not ready, you kill them. Here's what you do. You kill them. You don't stop while they have a big discussion and they reach for their gun. You walk up to them and you shoot them in the head. This is how you know they die. I was so anxious during that bit. And then she clicks and then she doesn't have a bullet and then they're rushing to put the bullets in and she's pregnant and it's in the dark and there's a log and he's all like, oh, it's fine. I'm dying. Let me die. You've shot me in the stomach. And then he goes to reach for the gun again. Just no, Alison. Once in the head, done. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I totally agree. Actually, you've obviously left an impression in my life today because when I was watching that scene, I could all I could picture was here in my head was your little voice going, ah. I was very much going ah uh, in my head. In my head, because I'm a kind and considerate cinema patron. Um, no, totally right, though. If you're in, in a position to put the person down and 
Maybe they're dead for sure. Do it. Do it. You have to do it. You can't not do it. Oh, so frustrating. It's time for gripes with Sunny. It's gripes with Sunny. It's time for gripes with Sunny. It's gripe time now. Okay. What's your pick? What's my What's my gripe with this film? Um, you know my regular gripes. I've got leaks. I've got food like coffee cups not being full. I don't think those two were issues. Um, CGI, but the CGI fire was pretty good. Um, Placey bets. Um, I don't really see wigs. Maybe it was a wig thing. Was it a wig thing? Uh, it was an empty coffee cup. Well, who had it? Angelina. Oh, no. Of all people, yes. No. How could she do this to me? Put water in coffee cups. Yeah. Doesn't it, that affect the makeup though? Wouldn't matter. Sure. To drink water? <laughs> no, it would not. It would be fine. <sighs> Honestly, guys. Also, it felt very long, but I think that might have been a lot to do with my experience of like the cinema situation and wanting to be away from these people forever. Yeah, fair enough. Did you like the little kid? Love the little kid. He was great. Mm, Brisbane boy. Little, little Brisbane boy. Finn. Uh, was Finn. Finn Little. Good on him. I like that he wasn't just a, you know, lovable kid from the get-go. And he starts off fighting her and tells her to fuck off and stuff. like. Yeah, I liked that too. That was cool. Um, I thought, oh, didn't love every bit of dialogue in the film, but there was a really nice moment towards the end where, I think it's when the other firemen come to, save John Bernthal like oh, we've got to get a medic up here and then mm-hmm. Alton's like oh there's no rush what'd she say yeah mm, there's that. no rush it wasn't yeah okay yeah that was really nice that was just yeah I thought that was nice but I think just after that there was a bit where Angelina says to the kid she's like you know what I'm gonna be with you every step of the way it just felt very generic just after there was that mm-hmm. really nice moment of Allison up on the it was very ham fisted that end scene where he's like, What's gonna happen to me in a week, a month, a year from now? Yeah. And she's like, We'll figure it out together. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, oh. You like know, just just having something that was so nice and then something that was ugh, Yeah. Back to back was a bit too much. Quick thing about you're talking about John Bernthal's character when they get up. I felt like they accepted his death very easily. I felt like it was like, Oh no, you've been shot. Oh, okay, I guess you're dying now. They didn't even try to get him down. I reckon they could have winched him down. You reckon? They had that rope. Mm, mm. I think there's a potential in his character and Alison's character, Medina Singhill, I should say. I think, I mean, they could have been two main characters of this film. Could Mm. have made it better, but then. That sequence when Nicholas Holt and Old Mate turn up at the um, house. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool semi-fight sequence. Lots of action and thrills there. We haven't talked much about Nicholas Holt and Aidan Gillen yet, but they they were kind of interesting assassins. I liked how they were very serious about their job and how they talked about their tactics. Um, yeah. Not something I'd really seen before from assassins. They they seemed very thoughtful in their approaches. Which I liked I knowing, cool. yeah, why they were doing certain things. Mm. It seems like they were much more intelligent than most just generic bad guys who were like, I guess we're shooting here now. Yeah. Aiden Gillen I found a little generic, but Nick yeah. was great. I love Nick. Yeah, it is a it's a new step for Nicholas Holt because 
interesting guy, interesting characters he, he chooses to play, isn't it? Yeah. I'm all for it, though. Okay, here's my question I have. What was the secret? I don't think we really got into it, did we? So the dad was a financial, no, forensic accountant. Yes. For the district attorney's office? Yes. And he'd stolen some secrets slash undercovered something. And then... The mob boss guy or someone from the DA turns up and speaks to Nicholas Holt and Aiden Gillen's characters. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we've got to kill the kid. Yeah. So it must have been proof of some sort of financial crime that was going to put the mob boss away for a long time, I'm thinking, because he killed the DA. So he killed that... the DA? Well, you know, in the beginning. The DA was the in the house. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think we ever know, know what the secrets are. I did kind of feel like the fact that little kid had a body USB and then he spends all night in the fire slash Water. lake. It's good probably not good for the USB. Also, wasn't there some of the secrets are written down on paper, which probably you can't get if it's if he's been in the soggy. water. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. I mean, I don't know how it all works. And then the news crew turns up, and what's he going to say? These people killed my dad. And so then they cut to the people, and they're like, "No, we didn't." Okay. I don't know how that all works out. Yeah, it's kind of like because the film's ending, we're going to assume everything turns out all right for everybody in the end. But I don't know if it actually makes sense. Um. Also, Angelina's trauma. I'm just going to say this. Yes, you go first. So she supposedly made a wrong call misread the wind or something and instead of fighting a fire in the past they ended up running from it led to the death of some people and three kids now these three children look very out of place because they're cgi'd into this fire on this hill that's not on fire and it's very very bad looks like it hasn't even been rendered properly i thought the reveal was going to be like they were her kids and her husband who would like come back to get her or she was like had a connection with there's just three rando kids. There's three rando kids who died. I think and there were three rando kids who were there anyway. I don't really think it was her fault that they happened to be in the fire because I don't think so either. It's not like she told them to go there and then yeah. they ended up dying. Also, she seems much more upset about the three rando kids than she does about the other firefighters who died. Ooh. And all the other people in the fire who died. So yeah, my interpretation of that was that her, her people ended up in the wrong spot because she made the wrong call. So mm. maybe if they'd been in the right spot, they could have been fighting the fire and the kids could have been saved. But mm-hmm. they seemed pretty much surrounded, didn't they, the kids? So Yeah, I don't know I don't how you're going to get really them anywhere. Either. Yeah, you know what I mean? Also, kind of think, like, the way that was set up in the film, we saw it, like, once, twice, three times, then we realised what happened sort of thing, right? That's, mm. that's the sort of flashback yeah. formula you know, process, yeah. But... From the first shot, I knew what it was. Yeah. Like, you could see her looking at the kids and then herself, and then we know she's quite sad about everything. So, like, oh, okay, so it was her fault the kids died. Like, Yeah, you can no... make that reasonable assumption. Yeah, totally. There was no, like, we see it for the third time and realise, oh, my God, the kids are there because she told them to go there. Like, you know, there was no real um, revelation at any point. No, I agree. So, kind of, every time I came back, it was just redundant, so... 
the thing about flashbacks I've heard and been told is that you only go to the flashback when the audience is dying to see what happens. But in this one, we knew it from the beginning. Every time we went back, it was like, oh, we're seeing this again. Mm-hmm. Thing I already know. I think it could have worked if you were showing her PTSD and her unraveling, being alone in the tower and having those mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. But she wasn't there long enough for that to have <laughs> yeah, like a, wrap a measurable impact. Change, yeah. yeah. My biggest takeaway from the film mm-hmm. is that fire is scary and that I don't like it and that I don't want to ever be in one and that I don't know. Thank you very much. I agree. I think just having a thriller set in a fire or people trying to escape bushfire would be a very exciting mm-hmm. and scary film mm-hmm. without having two assassins running around being, you know, Generic, generically assassinating people in the past, you know. Yeah. I think um, it's a trick, perhaps, in that sense. I, I agree. I I feel like the whole whole of Australia has trauma about bushfires at the moment because yep. of how bad they've been, and this film was tapping into that, in a sense. But then got a bit distracted by, you know, generic bad guys having a shootout. Having said that, there were some really tense action thriller moments that I think mm. my dad would quite enjoy. So maybe this film's another contender for a dad film. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. I, I think some of those scenes were very well well done. Like I just wish there was more around and, and more depth to them all. I agree. Yeah, I know what you mean. But just just quick honourable mention for they go into the house with Alison mm-hmm. and she's, you know, gets the flamethrower thing. Mm. Cool. Um, when the baddies climb the trees so that they can see into the tower, also good. When John Bernthal's like, if you're here, don't say anything, just stay on the ground. Also, mate, what are you doing? Face your back to them and talk. Don't face sideways so they can see that you're talking. And pretend to look around, man. Yeah, like, in the middle. like open doors and stuff and be like, gee, where could they be? Oh, I'm looking, don't worry, I'm on my way. Like... Some of these people are so stupid. I'd be so good in these situations. And when he tries to cover up the little footprint, he's like, does it so obviously. Just walk over yeah. it. He's like trying to move it with his foot. No, just put your foot print Ooh. over Ooh. that one. When he did that, I thought he was doing something clever in that he was like drawing their attention to that because he had some secret plan. No, he just was bad at doing Not it. Not at all. Although, having said that, a bit where he was just like, just shoot me. You're going to shoot me anyway. Just kill me now. It was a good moment, wasn't it? That was a, yeah. It was like, <laughs> you know, five or six really good moments mm-hmm. in this film that I wish the rest of it was also. And when he comes home to Alison because she said the code word and he gets yeah. a little sniper dot on his head, the other guy, like that was cool. Like they were cool bits. Also the tower with Nick and Angelina and they're like hiding behind the trees and she's mm. got like a pickaxe with her. Yeah, and then the fire comes for Nicholas. And... Although <sighs> Angelina went very close to, to my rule there. She didn't kill him. She's like, oh, I'll let the fire take you. No, just, no, just stick the pickaxe in his brain. Make sure he is dead. Yes. Guys, this is how you could have like, you know, third act. He turns up mm-hmm. half his skin burnt, deranged, yeah. and he kills everybody. We could all avoid thing. this. If you're a baddie and you leave, like, 
you show remorse, you kill the father and you leave the son and show remorse. Always going to grow up. 20 years, he's coming back to kill yep. you. Yep. Just kill him as well. Like, if you're gonna, <laughs> narratively speaking. Just us advocating for murder. <laughs> Fine. Also, I think that there was a trailer recently for one, a new film. It's called Wrath of Man, Guy Ritchie and Jason Statham. Have you seen the trailers for that one, Sine? No, I have not. From what I can pick up, it's Jason Statham's son's been killed, and so he goes around and kills everybody. Uh. You know, classic sort of plot, right? But I've been thinking about it. I haven't seen the film, so maybe it's different. But like in that universe, Jason Statham's son was killed, right? So he's thought, I've got the moral right to go back and avenge my son's death, right? Mm -hmm. So what does he do? He goes and kills another hundred people. So he's creating the problem for them. So all of a sudden we've got a hundred Jason Sathams who've all all got a reason to go kill someone. Him, you know what I mean? Doesn't seem like he thought this out. No, and obviously to him it doesn't matter because he's got to avenge his own son. Mm. But everyone thinks that. Basically, that's why we shouldn't have people avenging Thank you. Coming <laughs> to my Gilroy talk. I don't know. I, I get I get the complaints about the crime stuff, and I I do to a certain extent agree with you. But I also kind of liked those bits because I am a bit of a sucker for a bit of thrilling shootout stuff, and it had me engaged. Like I was really on the edge of my seat during those bits and then the fire was coming and I didn't know how they were all going to get out of this situation. And I love Angelina. So I feel I feel bad. I feel guilty for liking it because I don't know if it was actually like quote-unquote good. But I still like it. It's it was got, enjoyable to watch. And maybe yeah, that's okay. Details. Yeah, it's got a good start going for it. Hmm. As I've said, I think lots of good things, a few bad things, not quite coming together, but... I was engaged too the whole time. So, what more can you say about a film, Sinead? And at the end of the day, it was the films that enjoyed us along the way that were the true films. Well, I don't think I can remember the last time I saw her in a film at the cinema. So, mm. and she hasn't been in many of the last, you know, was the last one I saw her in Mr. and Mrs. Smith? That was I, years I ago. This, I still haven't seen that, you know. You haven't seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith? No. Where have you been? To Mason. You've waited until they've divorced to find the to watch the genesis of their relationship. Awesome. Bradley and Angelina, I'm talking about. Okay. I will. Maybe I should watch it because she did the Eternals, so get ready for that somehow. <laughs> good, good, that's good. You seen the trailer for that? No, I haven't actually. Okay. Good. Good. Okay, shall we wrap up? We shall What's rate your it. rating got to be, Snape? I'm going to give it three and two-thirds of a star. <coughs> I've sent Lonnie into a coughing fit with my rating. I stand by it. Okay. I enjoyed on. it. I liked it. Three and a half. I liked it more than a three and a half film. But a four-star film is far, it's far too too high i think for the narrative not, problems but not 3.75 again that felt a little high yeah. maybe well what's two-thirds it's six six recurring isn't it mm. yeah no i'm fine with that three and two-thirds i don't think i've ever get, ever divided a rating into thirds before but there's a first time for everything 
Lonnie, your rating? My rating is... Please be specific about the uh, partial marks that you're giving it. I'm going to give it... Um, I'm going to give it three and a half. Really? I thought you'd rate it lower based on what you were saying. Yeah, I, I did too, Stay, but then the way you were talking about it being like... <gasps> did I persuade you? You have persuaded me a little bit. <laughs> um, despite all those things, I still enjoyed it, so I can't really give it too harsh a rating. So you're right. I think... Um, the pulpy thrills and all those scenes that are really good by themselves, which don't amount to everything together. Not not quite some of all its parts, but still quite enjoyable. It was fun. As I said, it's no um, hell or high water, but what is? It's one of the best films ever. So. I also don't really think it's trying to be. I think it's no. drawing a false equivalence. Different films, guys. Different films. True. Different people can make different films. Okay. Same people can make different films. Yeah, but it's funny, we have to compare it. There's a new Pixar film, let's compare it to every other Pixar film. New Marvel film, let's rank them all together, see where it, see where it lands. Just, I can see why, and I do it myself, but, but I don't think it's always though, the most effective way. Because Marvel films follow the same formula. Mm. If this is a genre difference that we're arguing, which we are, then I don't think they follow the same formula. Mm. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Well, thank you very much for listening. There are a few ways you get in touch. What are they, they Steve? You can email us. Email addresses in the show notes. You can like us. You can follow us on Twitter at I Only Like You Pod. Leave us a rating and review. Tell a friend. That'd be great. That's about it, pretty much. Yeah. Tell us about your experience in cinema watching this one. Hopefully, it was better than today's. <sighs> and that was my last experience before lockdown. Cinemas are only really recently opened back up, you know, and then they're trying to get everyone in and now we're locked down again. It's like, guys, just let me have my one little thing that I love to do. Let's hope by the next time we record a pod that you're back out of lockdown and I'm feeling better and everything's right with the world. And that Angelina has found another job except for being a volunteer firefighter. Where, where are they? They're in a small town, but they're also... As a sheriff, but they're at survival school as well. In Montana. But what was the thing at the beginning? Was that an initiation, a graduation, an orientation? Yeah, but unclear. Why was Angelina there? So many questions. How were they excellent? Thank you. Thank See you. you next time. <laughs> Goodbye. Guys. We've just looked up the book after finishing this podcast. The plot is, after Indiana teenager witnesses a murder, his parents cannot put him into witness protection because the killers have connections in law enforcement. So they entrust his safety to this couple who run a wilderness survival program for troubled kids. Excuse me? In what world is this the same story? It's not the film at all. You're using some of the same names... How can it be based on the novel if you're not even basing it on the novel? They run into the wilderness, then a forest fire rages, an electrical storm approaches, and then they come across Angelina Jolie's character. And they've got a... She failed to save a young boy previously. Doesn't say how or what circumstances, but she vowed to keep him safe this time. That sounds so much better. Different. Why didn't you just make the book? And can I just draw attention to the author's um, Wikipedia picture, say? Hello, Michael. Yeah. 
very serious boy, isn't he? Sir. <laughs> yeah, weird. And interestingly, this book has a crime genre. Ooh. Contemporary crime. So it's a crime film. It's not a neo-Western. That's all. We just wanted to update you on that. I wonder what the progression from book to screen has been like because they sound very different, don't they? Taylor Sheridan, if you're listening, I'd like a thousand words by Monday on why you chose to diverge from the um, plot of this book. Thank you. So we love your earlier film, Hell or High Water. We do very much. You're a great director and we really and a great writer and we're, we're really um, respectful of you and, and love your work. Could you maybe say hello to Chris Pine for us? That'd be nice if you could. He's the best Chris. He's not the best Chris. He's at least second best Chris. He's the second best Chris. He's not the best Chris. Chris Evans' best Chris? Yes. Who's the third best? Mm. Hemsworth? Hemsworth, but only because Pratt's the worst. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Signed. (laughs) Sincerely. Bloody incident. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 